Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, how exciting is that, what God is doing? Amen? Amen. Amen. Will you just be in prayer? We, we are, uh, we're seeing God open some doors in Star Valley that we're just really excited about. We're also seeing, uh, we need God to open some doors in Malawi. They are in desperate need of more room as well. And it's just incredible to, I mean, it's a great problem to have, but um, we just need to be praying that God will give us wisdom and direction in all of those things. Amen? Amen. Well, I know some of you are looking at the clock thinking, How? oh, wait, he's going to preach still? What's happening? I've got, I've got just a short word that I want to share with you today, and uh, I really want to take just a few moments, and I want to talk to you about the idea of passionate pursuit. I believe that uh, we live in a time right now where the church is in need of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where we are in need of God to move inside of our lives in a way like he never has before. I believe with all my heart that for many of us, the reason that we're not seeing what God is wanting to do inside of us is because we've become complacent in the way that we pursue him. We've become okay with just having a somewhat relationship with him. And I believe that God wants to pour out his spirit. I believe that when when we see uh, the church come to a place where we are saying we want more of you, he will show up. But for many of us, we're, we're satisfied. I had a conversation with somebody just recently, and they were talking about the fact that, uh, that their church, they were saying how, how, how many people attended their church, and they gave me a number, and I was kind of blown away. I said, wow, that's incredible. And they said, they said well, you got to take into account that most people only come to church once or twice a month, and so we're counting how many people that would be. If, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be amazing if everybody showed up at one time? But we've gotten to a place now where in culture we've said, you know what, uh, we know that people will, will just kind of pick and choose if they're going to pursue or they're not going to pursue, if they're going to come, if they're going to show up, or if something else will be more important. And I don't know about you, but I want to get to a place where we realize that when we pursue God, when we chase after him, he always shows up. He is always faithful. So I'm going to look at a story that's actually one of my favorite stories uh, in the New Testament. It's in Mark chapter 10, starts with verse 46. Again, we don't have a lot of time left tonight, but I do want to just take a few moments and look at this. Then they reached Jericho, and Jesus and his disciples left town. A large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. God, in these next few moments, as we just spend a few moments looking at this specific story, I pray, God, that you would speak to us right where we are. Lord, I'm so grateful for what you're doing. Lord, I know that you have big plans and big dreams and big desires, not just for River of Life, but for your church, your capital C church. So God, I pray that you will help us to hunger and to thirst for who you are and for what you have for us. God, I pray against complacency, and I pray, God, that our passion for you would rise. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So this man is blind and he is dependent on people. This is a man who would sit on the side of the road and he would, he would call out and ask for help. He would call out and, and he probably had some form of a, of a container or something that people would know as they walked by. This man lives and dies by what we do. And so he sits there day in and day out. And in this moment, as he, as he hears that Jesus is coming by, he begins to cry out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And people begin to shush him. They begin to tell him to be quiet. Verse 49, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's yelling for you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Now, I don't have a lot of time to get into this part of the story, but what you need to understand is this is actually a really important part. Bartimaeus is wearing a coat. Now, this was probably a government-issued piece of clothing. It was a piece of clothing that meant it's okay for you to beg. It's okay for you to sit here. And people would know this man has been set aside. He's, it's okay so I can give my money to him. So Bartimaeus gets up, and if you didn't know that, that part of the story doesn't make much sense. But Bartimaeus gets up, he hears that Jesus is calling for him, and so he takes off his coat. So what does that represent? It represents saying, I don't need to beg anymore. I believe that Jesus is gonna heal me. So he didn't wait for the healing, he got up knowing that the healing was coming. So he gets up and he takes off his coat and he says, I believe that this man will heal me. Verse 49, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come to me. So he did, and then he takes his coat off, and in verse 51, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. So Jesus asks, what do you want? And the man says what we all knew he was going to say. I want to see. Now that's amazing because he already knew, I believe that Jesus is who he says that he is. I'm going to set aside who I've been. I'm going to take off what the world has, has, has labeled me, the labels I've worn. Some of you, you've accepted Christ, but you've kept the label. Yes. And Jesus is saying to you, you don't have that label anymore. Yes. You don't need to walk in that anymore. Some of you, you've come and you've, you've accepted Christ, you've said yes to Jesus, and then you walked out and you, and you kept the coat on just in case. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Your identity changed when you accepted Christ. There's so much to this story, and we don't have a lot of time to dig into it, but... but I, what I want you to hear from this, and this is super important, and to be honest with you, I've read this story a lot of times in my life, but I never really picked up on it until this week when I was rereading it. And it's this. At the end of the story, it says, instantly the man could see, and then what did he do? He followed Jesus down the road. Some of us, we get what we need or want from Jesus, and we stop following this man could have just went, perfect, I got what I wanted, now I can go and live my life. But scripture says he was healed and he followed. 
his desire was healing and he got his desire. But even after he got his desire, he continued to follow. So many people want a transactional Jesus. They want to ask him for what they can get and when he gives it to them, then they go off and do their own thing. So many people stay away from church, they stay away from scripture, they stay away from praying until all of a sudden things get hard and now, Jesus, have mercy on me. They begin to cry out. Why? Because they have a need. The need gets met. Jesus answers their prayer and then they go back to living life the way they lived before. We're not called to transactional Jesus. We're called to follow Jesus. This man was passionate about Jesus, not just what Jesus could do for him. My question to you today is, where do your passions lie? What is it that you're passionate about? Are you passionate about what Jesus can give you, or are you passionate about Jesus? See, if we're passionate about Jesus, then it means that we will follow him. How passionate are you? Bartimaeus was passionate even when he was shushed. Now, again, let's back this story up just a little bit. Imagine your livelihood comes from people, people who just happen by, people who walk by day in and day out, probably a lot of the same people every day. And here he sits and he cries out to Jesus And some of those people are like, hey, keep it down. Shh. Now, he has a a decision to make in that moment. His decision is, do I please the people or do I cry for what I need? See, for many of us, we've become people pleasers. We've come to a place where we've said, I don't want to stir the water. I don't want to upset anybody. I I I don't want anybody to be mad at me. So I'm not going to say anything. But Bartimaeus cries out. They tell him to be quiet. And what does he do? He cries out louder. Why? Because Jesus coming near to him is way more important than what people think about him. He knew that Christ had the ability to fill the need in his life. He stopped caring about what others thought. And he began to realize when he began to realize that Jesus is the answer. We're so afraid sometimes that, we, that something might embarrass us. Can I tell you that in just a few moments, we're going to spend some time and we're going we're to take communion together. But as I was thinking about that, that idea, that concept of, of how many of us will, will kind of shy away from things that will make us uncomfortable. In just a moment, we're going to remember the cross. And we're going to remember a savior who came and he, he willingly let himself be tortured and beat, stripped naked, and hung before a crowd of people. See, he didn't, it wasn't about what anybody thought. It was about doing what what needed to be done. I believe with all my heart that God is calling his church to a new season, to a season of saying, I don't care what anybody thinks. We live in a cancel culture. And it doesn't matter if they cancel us. That doesn't actually matter. What matters is that when we say yes to Jesus, that we actually follow him. 
that we actually say, I don't care what the people think. I don't care what anybody has to say. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to chase him. I'm going to believe him. Some of you, there are opportunities where we'll say, hey, come forward and, and, and if you're struggling, come and, and be prayed for. And many of you are like, well, I, yeah, I don't know what people will think. Who cares? Who cares? What if people think that we're weird? What if people, what if people judge us? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Bartimaeus is in this moment where he has a decision to make. I can stay here and be who I've always been and the people will be happy with me. Or I can cry out and I can follow and I'll be changed forever. Many of us choose to sit silently and never change. And God is calling us to look different. God is calling his church to, to be set apart and to look different. And though you may not be here today needing to be healed of blindness, may, maybe you need to realize that you've already been healed of a death sentence if you've accepted Jesus as your savior. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me and he paid the price for your sin and your iniquity and for all of our mistakes. And, and out of that, we need to come to a place where we realize that Jesus has paid the price, but he also asks that then we follow that we pursue. What does that mean? It means that we don't pursue our own things. We don't pursue just the things that make us happy and, and our own desires. Can I just tell you, if the Western church would get to a place where we would say, I'm gonna pursue Christ, I'm gonna pursue what he has for me, I'm gonna chase after his dreams and his desires, we would change the world. It's amazing because scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to us, right? He does, it's not that he doesn't want you to have, it's that he wants you to do it in the right order. When and only when we realize that God has what we need and we step away from what makes us comfortable that's when we experience the true touch that God has for you. Bartimaeus was not comfortable in the moment. Bartimaeus began to call out. People were telling him to shut up and be quiet. People were trying to put him in his place. Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't listen to those trying to put you in your place? Some of you, the world has put you in a place. The world has said things about you. The, the, the world has looked at your history and thought that that got to determine your future, but that's not true. When you cry out to Jesus, your blindness goes away, healing comes into your life, forgiveness comes into your life, and you begin to walk in a fullness that only comes through relationship with him. can't have a better illustrated sermon than the young man sitting in the front row today. God has transformed his life. He sits here today, now a pastor, when the world had written him off. God is good. His love for you is amazing, but he is calling us to follow. 
just a few moments, we're gonna, we're gonna take communion together. And as we do that, I really, today, I wanted, to, I wanted us to focus in. I, some of you have been coming to River for a little amount of time, and you may go, I don't really understand what the schedule is for communion. We don't really have a schedule for communion, because what I don't want is I don't want it to become routine ever. I want it to always be special, because it is special. I want it to be something that when we take it, we have these moments where we're able to say, say, God, I, I am remembering what you've done for me. And as we talk about this idea of passionate pursuit, and I'm telling you, you need to passionately pursue Jesus, can I tell you, he passionately pursued you. For the God of the universe to love you so much that he, he said, I need to make a way so that my children can come to me so that there can be right relationship. And he sends his only son to die on a cross for you and for me. To die a horrific death, a death that is beyond anything that we could ever even imagine. For him to do that and to say, I loved you that much. Today as we take communion, my hope is, is that as we, in just a few moments, we're gonna have, it's gonna be amazing because we're gonna have, we're gonna have uh, Zeb and Stacy are gonna be down here and they're gonna serve on this side and Ted and Ida are gonna be on this side and they're gonna serve and we're just gonna, we're gonna, the worship team's gonna come in just a few moments and they're gonna get ready to lead us in a little bit more worship but then we're gonna open it up and you'll be able to come down and you'll be able to take a piece of bread and take the cup and you'll go back to your seat but as you do, my hope and my prayer for you today is that you will, as you take communion, you will not only remember what Jesus did, that you won't, you won't only just remember the fact that he so passionately loves you, that he died on the cross for your sin so that you can have forgiveness, so that, so that a way can be made so that you can be in right relationship with him. But in this moment, my hope and my prayer is that you will also come to a place where you will say, God, I want to passionately pursue you. Lord, give me that hunger. Give me that, that thirst for you. Give me that passion once again. Some of you can remember back to when you first said yes to Jesus and the way that you felt when you did because all of a sudden it was like your eyes were open to a new world, to something that was so different and so foreign. And so you were always excited to talk about him, to, to, to read about him, to pray to him. And then as your, as your faith grew older, you began to take it for granted. And tonight is a night where I'm, my calling is and my hope is and my prayer is that God will call you back to first love. He'll call you back to a place where you begin to experience that again. Why is it that you don't experience it? Because you've stopped pursuing. I do a lot of marriage counseling. And when I do marriage counseling, one of the things that I always say is, is, is pursue. Like, do what you can to, to show that person because there's something in us that when we pursue, then all of a sudden it, it brings something back to life inside of us. God is calling us back to pursuit. This world is getting crazier. Things are only gonna get harder. And I listen to people all the time say that, yeah, if, if all of a sudden the government decided to shut down again, I would stand, but yet you don't even come to church four times a, a month. Well, I, I'll come no matter what, even if they shut it down. No, you won't. You don't come regularly now. We need to pursue. We need to chase him. We need to be 
all in when it comes to this relationship because God wants to do incredible things inside of your life. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes with me for the next few moments. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I really feel like I need to this evening. I wonder if there's anybody in the room right now and you would say you don't have a right relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've even had one in the past, but if you were honest right now, you have not been following him. And I, before we move into going to the communion table, I really want to take a moment and give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. See, he loves you so much. And maybe you sit here today and your life is a mess and you've done a lot of really bad and, and crazy and stupid stuff. And maybe you don't feel as though God could ever love you. And I'm just gonna tell you right now that God not only sees you, but he loves you. He's pursuing you. In this moment right now, he's pursuing you. And all you have to do is say yes to him. Say, yeah, I believe that you are who you say that you are. I believe that, that you want relationship with me. And in this moment, God will come and he'll forgive you of your sins and he'll remove them from you and you'll start this relationship with Jesus Christ. This is this moment where you are like Bartimaeus crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me. So if you're in the room today and you, you've not had a right relationship with God, would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand and catch my eye because I want to pray with you before we move forward. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for your honesty. See you way back there too and all of you on this side. Thank you. Thank you, man. Is there anybody else in the room today? I see you way back there. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I see you over there. Thank you for your honesty. Is there anybody else today that would just say, yeah, would you remember me in this closing prayer? Thank you, guys. Yeah, I see you back there. Thank you. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me. This is that moment of crying out, have mercy on me. Can I tell you, Jesus hears you when you say that. And he answers brings forgiveness into your life. And so will you just pray these words and mean them? Let's all pray these together. Dear Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you rose again on the third day. So today I'm choosing to follow you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for healing me. Help me to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, let me just tell you what happened. Scripture says that God takes your sin and he separates it from you as far as the east is from the west. Your sin, your nonsense, your junk, it's no longer attached to you. You've been clean. You've been cleansed. It's amazing. So now I'm gonna have I'm gonna have our, our teams come up and get ready to serve communion, if you would. As they're getting ready to do that, we're gonna we're gonna stand in just a moment, we're gonna sing some more, but what I want from you today is for you to come to this place where you say, I'm so grateful 
for a savior. We were all dead in our sin, but Jesus. So in these last moments together, will you just take some time and say, God, I'm so grateful. So grateful for what you've done. And also, will you just say, God, help me to pursue. Help me to not be complacent. Help me to want more of you. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to pray over communion. It was on the night that he was betrayed that he told us what this looks like. And he took the bread and he said, this is my body. It's broken for you. He took the cup and he said, this represents my blood. That'll be shed and it's the forgiveness of your sin. So when you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you're doing it to remember what Jesus has done. So I want to pray. We're going to stand. We're going to worship. You can come whenever you feel led to. Bring the emblems back to your seat. And then just take a moment. And when you're ready, go ahead and eat the bread and and drink the cup. Let me pray. God, we just are so grateful again for all that you do. We thank you, God, for what you've done. And I just pray, Lord, even as we take these emblems together, Lord, let it impact us. Let us be reminded that, Lord, this isn't some tradition that we do. This isn't some box that we check. This is a moment of remembrance. Remind us of how great your love is for us. Lord, help our love for you to be ignited again. Help us to pursue you and to chase you. God, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand as we worship? You can make your way forward whenever you're ready to receive the emblems. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.